Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. The Gospel lesson which our Lord presents to us this day for the 16th Sunday after Trinity begins with two great crowds meeting outside the city of Nain. And if you remember one year ago when I preached on uh, this text, I, yeah, a year ago, right? You all remember. I see the smiles. I talked to you about how this was the city of, or this was the crowd of life and the crowd of death, right? Jesus being life in the, in the flesh, and he meets the crowd mourning the death of a widow's only son. It was a sad day. Especially sad when you know that the city of Nain, what the word Nain actually means, it means green pastures, pleasant or even beautiful. Though the name may have reminded the people of of green pastures, of pleasantness in the valleys, it wasn't so much that day, right? There was an overcast that day because death had taken a widow's son. Now, Jesus approached that city and he saw the dark unpleasantness of death that encroached on their pleasant joy of life. And for whatever small amount of joy that widow of Nain may have had in her only son, that day the Lord witnessed witnessed a moment as she cries, as she wails, that she had suffered death even herself that day. He looked on her, as you may have remembered me saying, with compassion much like he looked on his mother while he was hanging on the cross. He had compassion on this woman, a widow whose only son had died. It is a reality for us that in the very midst of life, death surrounds us. And it doesn't just surround us with with sadness. It's foul, it's putrid, it's... It tastes of salt in our tears. And when it takes from us those that we love, it's not just like they're gone for a moment. It's it's like our soul, something is being torn from us. And sometimes it happens without warning or care for how we might be feeling that week. Death is difficult. And it's... Worsened by the fact that we as men are powerless to stop it in its tracks. We don't have that ability. But here in our text, we see that the one who stops death in his tracks is not mere man. Christ is no mere man. He is God and man joined together in perfect unity. And he is united also with his Father and his Father's will to save all men. The one who made the earth and the sea, the heavens and all that is within it, also now governs his creation. And he cares. He cares a lot about his people. I mean, which one of you has in your many years on this life, or even few years, taken the time to count the number of hairs on your head? How many of you know how many hairs you have lost? To stress. 
I'm only 28 and I don't even remember. But I've lost quite a few. But thanks be to God that he does know the number of hairs on my head. And while this may have little to do with my salvation, he cares enough to count my hair. He must also care enough for my soul, for my grief, for the great woe of death. And look at how much he cares for this young, this young man who died. Look how much he cares for this widow. He goes to her and he says, do not weep. I would never say that to you on your funeral or to any of your friends. I can't say that because I know that there is a time in our lives for weeping. But Jesus says it because of what he was about to do. He doesn't ask death whether or not death will give up that young man. He turns and touches the beer with his hand and says, Young man, I say to you, arise. He didn't speak to death because he has nothing to say to death. He speaks to you and to me and to that young man. And his very word creates faith to receive the life that he gives. And that man began to speak. And then Jesus handed him over to his mother. But look at that situation. See how death had no say when Christ speaks. Death could not argue. It could not put up a fight. As if he had some ultimate power to hold on to the dead. No. Jesus is the master over death. Death is his slave. And that should be sweet comfort for us. That death must obey the words of the master. It should be sweet comfort to us. To all of us who have led the funeral processionals of our dearly departed. For all of us who have stood by at the coffins and reached out and touched the lifeless bodies of our beloved dead. It should be the richest of comfort to those whose children have preceded them in death. To all of us. To all of you whose hearts are grieving. To you who have in the death of your loved ones tasted death yourself. See in our gospel the goodness and the compassion of our God who does more than we can either ask or expect. For this is the truth, that when Christ commands the dead to be raised, death must release its hold. Because Christ is the Lord of life. Jesus did for that widow what was neither expected nor requested by her. And this great and mighty miracle of the Lord helps us to see and to know the greatness of God's compassion on us. He cares. He descended from the heavens to the earth to taste death for us. And St. Paul wanted you, just as he wanted the church in Ephesus, to be strong 
to know with faith what the Lord has done for you. And so it has become my prayer also for you, that with faith in Christ, you being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You need strength. Because we can't say that we have never been weak. Especially weak like that widow. As she left the beautiful city of Nain with the dark cloud of death upon her. We have been weak. In our weakness... In our doubt or unbelief, we question the Lord's power over sin and death and the devil. Especially in the midst of life, when we are surrounded by death, it's so real. It can be so unquestionably hard to believe that death could ever be ended. That its tyranny could be ended. That its power could be limited. Is it not so difficult to believe that death cannot just do whatever it wishes when when it wishes? Taking one and leaving another. It seems that there is no rhyme or reason. But strength comes from faith. From humbling ourselves before the word of God and Christ. Not thinking that because we are weak, because we are powerless to stop death ourselves, that that somehow makes our Lord and risen Savior powerless. If the Lord knows the number of hairs on your head, He knows many more things. He knows the days that He has appointed for you to be on this earth. He knows when to call you home, to end your suffering and your misery here. He knows when to bestow upon you the crown of everlasting life that shall not fade. He knows because he is your father. He doesn't sleep. He knows you're coming in and you're going out. And he has taken to you as a child, providing for you everything that you need. Death has no vote. Death has no opinion in the matter. It does not overrule the voice of Christ. And when Christ stops death, it must come to a halt. When Christ gives life, the dead are raised. This is the power of the forgiveness of our sins. For when the sins are atoned for by the blood of Christ, there can be no more death for those who believe in him. But the dead in Christ must live. When the Lord met that widow of Nain coming out that day, he made the sun to shine on her, on the whole city. But its beauty would not be in the green pastures. Its beauty was in the Lord's gracious visitation. As we heard in our reading The Lord has visited his people and redeemed them. 
The Lord has visited his people and redeemed them. That is why the glory of God shone on Nain that day. Because even when in the gloom of death, the Lord, the Son of Righteousness, rises upon us. So that we see the grace of God going on before us and following after us. That all those who see us and how we process death in this life. How we confess that we are those who have been brought to life by Christ. Our children, our grandchildren, great-grandchildren, whoever it is. Neighbors, other members of our congregation. They will see how the grace of our Lord has also come after us. That we were not left in the gloom of death. But that in the resurrection unto eternal life. We have everything that we need. The Lord of life gives us the light of his gospel to lead us into our everlasting name, our eternity in the city of beauty, the green pastures of his eternal life. And so for as long as we have Christ with us, then we also have the brightness and the love which is unending. And it will continually shine over us so that his goodness and his mercy will follow us. When I read these readings for today, I couldn't help but think of Psalm 23. And that's how I want to end this sermon today with Psalm 23. I'm using the older KJV version of it, but if you would like, you're welcome to say it with me if you know it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me, in the presence of mine enemies, thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all our understanding, guard and keep your heart and mind in Christ Jesus, our Lord.